0: Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson.
1: Bring up the topic of basic education funding in Pennsylvania, and there are certain to be different opinions at the table and strong feelings around what comprises the correct funding formula. With school boards feeling the challenges more and more each year around constrained budgets and the need to do more with less, Education foundations can help fill these gaps. School district foundations may need help in their operational side and the management of assets, and this is where a community foundation can come in. Among other services, the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation fills this type of role for school foundations. And in this episode, we'll have the opportunity to hear just how that can work. Here with us today from the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation, is Holly Morrison, President and CEO of the Foundation. Welcome, Holly.
0: Thank you so much, Annette. It is wonderful to be a part of this podcast today. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Also with us from Central Susquehanna Community Foundation is Kara C. Schultz, Chief Advancement Officer. Welcome, Kara.
2: Thank you very much. It's great to be a part.
1: Great. So, we're going to jump right into the topic, and if we could start by understanding the work of the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation. Can you describe a bit about the work that you do?
2: The Central Susquehanna Community Foundation, we are a regional philanthropic nonprofit organization, and basically what that means is we are here to help individuals, families, businesses and organizations fulfill their philanthropic interests and passions. So when they look to be giving back to the community and different ways of doing that through creating endowed funds in perpetuity, uh, we work with them to see that through and help them make grants back into the communities.
1: Okay. So you've been in operation for more than 20 years, I noticed. Can you talk about what some of the biggest impacts that your organization has been able to accomplish? Give us some highlights, if you would.
0: So the first thing is that we were a hospital conversion foundation. So 20 years ago, our local hospital, the Berwick Hospital, was sold to a for-profit organization. It was one of the first in the state of Pennsylvania. And there was a profit that was sustained by its sale. That profit had to be reinvested into the community that the hospital served. And so the Berwick Health and Wellness Foundation was born. That is how we started. There was a $27 million endowment or endowed fund, and that created the Berwick Health and Wellness Foundation. That continues to be our largest fund even today. The footprint that we served at that time was the hospital footprint. So the funding, the uh, spending policy from that endowed fund has to be reinvested into the areas where the patients from that hospital came. That mm-hmm. was 20 years ago. Our assets right now, 20 years later, are about 55 million. We have approximately 250 funds that we service. We have five affiliate boards that we work for. An affiliate board is a local town's community foundation. So, like the Berwick uh, Health and Wellness Foundation, that is now called the Berwick Health and Wellness Fund, and it is organized with an advisory committee. We also have an affiliate called the Bloomsburg Area Community Foundation the Danville Area Community Foundation, Sealands Grove Area Foundation, and Sunbury. Each of those affiliates all have their own independent advisory boards. We serve as their back office staff. One of the things I kind of skipped over was how we turned into a community foundation. So I said that we started with Berwick Health and Wellness Foundation with the sale of the hospital. But in 2003... My predecessor, whose name was Eric DeWald, led his board into exploring the idea of turning our foundation into a regional community foundation. Community foundations are identified by their geography. And so our little Berwick Health and Wellness Foundation turned into the Central Susquehanna Community Foundation, and its region grew drastically. Mm-hmm. We cover five and a half counties including Columbia Montour, Snyder Union, Northumberland, and a portion of Lower Luzerne. Okay. So we went from being a very small town-like foundation to a community foundation with a much larger footprint. And in addition to the growth that we've had that we're very proud of, we have several programs that we have fostered throughout the years that we'd like to highlight. And, of course, one you've already heard about, And that's the Youth and Philanthropy Program that began in 2004 Mm -hmm. with just one school and has grown now to a north and south region. So in 2004, it was one. This year coming up, it will be 10 and possibly 11. We've recently, three years ago, initiated something called the Women's Giving Circle, one of our first regional funds. So we have women from five and a half counties that come together through a membership-driven fund to support the missions of nonprofit agencies who are supporting the goals enriching the lives of women and children. We are in our second year, and we just have awarded our second year of grants for, I believe it was $20,000. So for the last two years, we were able to grant out $20,000 each year. Great. Overall, our foundation grants out more than this past year $2.7 million, um, and that's annually in our region. So we're pretty proud of that, and, and definitely the reinvestment back into the communities in which we serve. I will tell you that we have also something called our Regional Impact Fund, which was our, actually our first regional fund. So all of our funds have a specific purpose and often a geography. We really don't have the advantage of having a fund that is unrestricted.
2: Hmm. And I mean
0: unrestricted in geography and unrestricted in purpose.
2: Mm -hmm. So that
0: if there are needs that are unmet in the communities, we really aren't able to help with the funds that we have because they're all, like I said, designed with a purpose and a geography. Several years ago, we initiated the Regional Impact Fund, and we actually campaign to raise funds so that we can, in turn, uh, provide grants where there is unmet need into the community. This year, we'll give $50,000 in grant money to 501 organizations and government agencies that submit requests to us and go through an application process and procedure, which we're pretty excited about. Um, This is our second year in a row that we're doing this, uh, giving $50,000 away. Great. Yeah. I I think the other thing that I would like to highlight is our personal approach uh, to what we do. We um, are very proud of the fact that we personalize what we do for our fund holders, our advisory boards, our affiliates. Like I said, we have 250 funds. And, you know, we do a lot of personalization for our fund holders.
1: It sounds like it. And so you've talked about sort of a range of the ways that you support organizations and nonprofits. Can you talk specifically about how your organization works in tandem with or in support of foundations that are at the school district level?
2: We've been really fortunate to partner with several school districts across our five-and-a-half-county region And similar to the way we work with individuals and and others to set up funds to support causes they care about, of course, the cause that a school district cares about is its students and being able to do as much for those students as they can. And a lot of times that means going above and beyond the regular school budget. So a group of staff from the school district will get together and they'll consider a way to raise money to support additional programs or projects, whether it's structures in the school, facilities, uh, programming, whatever it is, there's just a group that comes together in an effort to raise money and do more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times those, those groups consist of Um, administration from the school district, teachers, but very important, it's good to have a diverse committee that includes parents, school board members, individuals from the community, to have a really good group um, working together to, to do all this. So what we do is we work with that committee to establish an agency fund. And the agency fund a lot of times um, is in the name of the school district or it could be include the name of the school district's mascot. And a lot of times you'll see the term education foundation tagged to the name as well. But a lot of the school districts we work for, you know, we're working with a great group uh, committee to um, do their back office support on the fund. So gifts are made to our community foundation for the purpose of that school district. It comes in to us for the the purpose of that fund. We process that gift. And what we're also here to do is to make sure that funds are here in perpetuity. That's our goal, to be able to award grants and do good work from the fund in perpetuity. One of the important factors when a school is considering a name for the fund, so the Warrior Run Education Foundation to the Shimokin Area Education Foundation, the Milton Panther Fund, so there's a lot of ways to name a fund. But what we really want people to understand is that it is separate from the school district itself. So this isn't money or taxes aren't being increased, it, you know, they're two, they're two separate pieces. And it's important for everybody to understand that they get a charitable deduction because the gift is coming to us for them, um, and we are a 501c3 charitable organization, which allows them to take that
0: deduction on a gift.
1: Sure. And that
0: at the same time, though, the school board, you know, obviously has to give permission mm-hmm. for the school to create this fund with us.
1: Sure. Understood. So a
0: representative from the school board has to sign the actual fund agreement along with the superintendent from each of the schools. Okay. They're the ones who actually decide on the advisory committee, et cetera. So it is definitely at the discretion of the school board.
1: That makes sense. And so you mentioned a couple of times that you serve in a back-of-office capacity, and how would you describe the benefits to a school district of working in collaboration with you or an organization like yours or working in this way? What are some of the key benefits they might notice?
2: Well, I think when the members of that committee, what their main goal is, is they're trying to increase the funds Mm -hmm. for it. So it gives those individuals the opportunity to be talking with people and being out in the community and spending their time doing that while we are doing, you know, the processing of gifts and the investment of their funds. Uh, we are taking care of the pieces uh, for them, so it gives them the time to devote to what they do well and sure. um, because they know the people within their, their school district.
1: So, they're on the relationship building side, the fundraising side, and the, you know, just really out there kind of doing the asking, and you're able to support on the back end so they don't need to worry about that end of it.
0: Right, right. And so, Annette, I just recently, um, so I spent 30 years in public education before I came to this job. Okay. And I had a dear friend who is now a superintendent in one of our Pennsylvania schools, and he came to see me and he said, You know, what are the differences between me starting an education foundation on my own and or starting a fund with you? Mm -hmm. And there are very distinct differences. So we're using this term, education foundation. Schools can start their own education foundation by creating an entity with a tax ID number and a 501c3 status.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It's a very, very big project for them. Many of them take that on. We do all of the work that a school district would have to do, we do it for them if they start the fund with us. Mm -hmm. So they use our tax ID, they are a component fund of our community foundation, they have an advisory board, and their number one job, really, is to raise funds.
1: Okay.
0: So we often will help them with some of their campaign work, some of their marketing work, some of their Facebook. Uh, we make it very easy for donors to give gifts to the foundation, and I'm I'm saying foundation, I'm saying fund, our funds. We um, provide gift acknowledgements. Uh, that's all the back office work. We invest in a large pool, so... Monies that come in for um, school funds here at our foundation are all put together in our, our asset portfolio and invested as a total. So the other part of that is we do all the grants. We do all the paperwork. We are the fiduciary for all of that information. If it's an application process that they use, let's say they want to do teacher grants at the end of the year, we can do all of that. Let's say they want to use us for scholarships, We can do all of those applications, and we can process all of those checks to all of those colleges. So there is a lot of back office work from development to investment to grant making that they themselves would have to be responsible for if they began their own foundation. And that's after all the planning, feasibility, et cetera, et cetera, paperwork that they have to do. It's like having another job, really.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Which, who can really afford that additional time, you know?
0: Exactly. Right. right. And some do, and some do it beautifully. You Mm -hmm. know, they really do. Mm -hmm. But others, you know, some of them are not looking for a second job. I know that this young man who I was talking with, um, I said, go find a community foundation that will support your area. And that is a problem because although there are um, 750 community foundations across the United States, it doesn't mean that you are always in a geographic area that is supported by a community foundation.
1: Right. That's an interesting point you've raised. So if a school is wanting to work with a community foundation, I guess it logically then needs to be a community foundation in their community region. Is that accurate?
0: Yes. There is an interactive map out there that identifies community foundations across the state of Pennsylvania. And um, that's where we went when when I was helping him. And he identified two that might be able to work with him. So we would work with the schools that are in our footprint. We typically would not ever go beyond our footprint. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was trying to help him with.
2: Yeah. And it's It's also a decision of our community foundation that we are working with school districts to establish these funds, Mm -hmm. and community foundations all work towards the same goal, and and that is to help people with giving and uh, doing more for the community. So it's all the same goal, but the, the different ways and structures of how, you know, we go about things and the different services we provide do vary from community foundation to community foundation. But we feel it's a benefit to support right our school districts in many ways that we
0: that we have and continue to do. Okay. And I think what was interesting about that communication interaction was this young guy reached out to a community foundation who don't they don't typically service school district funds. And so they called us and they said, How do you do it? What do you do? What's what are the benefits, etc." So, you know, we were pretty excited to be able to help them think about maybe the possibility of them offering this to their local school districts.
1: Great. So does your organization offer any resources or professional development opportunities for district foundation leaders?
2: Well, not just specific to school districts, but we do offer a nonprofit leader series right now Mm -hmm. uh, that we are – we're doing in two counties for a lot of the nonprofits and school districts for us would be included in that where we are offering different sessions led by experts across our region who on different topics from board development to fundraising to grant applications many different topics that benefit nonprofits so we are offering that nonprofit leadership series right now.
1: Great. You've sort of touched on some things, but do you have any recommendations to share? with school districts who are either looking to start up a foundation or who have a foundation, but in the early stages?
0: I think that uh, the best advice that I can, I can provide, and, and I've done it now a couple of times for some, some school administrators, and that is just to make sure that you do as much research as you can to make the right decision. So I know in this in this particular case this superintendent was being asked to pursue this by his board. And so I said, listen, you know, you need to first of all try to find out if you have a community foundation that would support your initiative Mm -hmm. and or you need to do as much research as you can in actually creating your own nonprofit organization. And oftentimes I say that to a superintendent and they just, you can just see what's going through their minds because it is, it's a job. It is an actual second job or third or fourth or fifth. So the planning, the research, National School Foundation Association, they have a nice website out there that talks about starting a foundation It's really a step-by-step guide. It's not the only one. There are others out there. You need to be careful um, that you pay particular attention to the Pennsylvania state requirements for paperwork. But there are a lot of resources out there. This particular one that I have referenced goes through a startup guide where it talks about planning stages, feasibility studies, your board, developing a timeline, legal issues, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that there are two ways in which to accomplish the same goal. Sometimes you're forced to do your own. Other times uh, you have an option um, of looking at a community foundation. So I just think it's more about planning research and and weighing your odds for all of your choices.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Great. Well, this has been so informative. I really want to thank both of you, Holly and Kara, for spending time talking with us today and sharing your insights with our listenership. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you very much. Annette, thanks for this opportunity. I I appreciate it very much. Thank
1: you. You're welcome. This podcast is produced by the Pennsylvania School Boards Association, and today's episode was brought to you in part by sponsors CM Regent and Crabtree, Roarbaugh and Associates. Listeners, I encourage you to go to keyedradio.org for more information supporting today's discussion. Take a look there for other relevant topics covered in past episodes. This is Annette Stevenson saying thanks for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.